Good morning, friends, or good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are today. Welcome back to the Wholeheartedly Heard podcast. I'm your host, Laura Pryor, and today I got to sit down with my sweet friend, Lindsay Mayberry, and just talk about all the good stuff. You guys, Lindsay is a dear friend from when I lived and interned in New York City in 2016, which has been almost, what, eight years ago, seven years ago? That's wild. Um, And she and her husband and her, her kids even have just stayed such sweet friends of mine over the years. Lindsay has lived in New York City, um, in Queens specifically, for the past 12 years as a church planter with her husband and four kiddos, and living as a stay-at-home mom for 10 years in small spaces led her to a passion for organization and helping others live more simply. In 2019, she launched a small business doing just that, and she is now the owner of Simple Space Designs, where she works with her carpenter, pastoring husband to live simply and just be present in the neighborhood with the people they love. Lindsay also loves gardening in her tiny backyard and a good whiskey on the rocks. You guys, Lindsay is one of the coolest people I know, and I am so honored that she sat down with me on the podcast today. So pull up a chair. You're always welcome at our table. And welcome back to the Wholeheartedly Her podcast. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining me on the podcast. Welcome, first off. Um, So I'm just going to let Lindsay take it away, introduce herself, talk about her life, her family, whatever you want to talk about. So take it away, Lindsay. That's dangerous. No. Um, No, you can take it away. Go for it. I don't have to do any of the work now. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Lindsay Mayberry, and I know Laura from our time in New York City together. I am a mom of four children, originally from Texas, uh, born and raised, never lived anywhere outside of Texas. My husband and I, Larry, uh, met in high school, middle school ages, and got married very young and started in ministry in Houston. And we were both doing ministry. He was in youth ministry. I was in children's and just really desiring to follow the Lord um, in college, got married in college and then um, just outside of college. And um, really quickly within our marriage, we uh, grew passionate from just God leading us to learn more about adoption and learn more about um what it would look like to have a child adopt that was adopted first and then build our family around that child. That was something that was very new to us and foreign to us, but we just felt uh, we knew that God was leading us in that direction as believers in Jesus to care for orphans, uh, care for widows. And so God led us down that path um, within ministry of adoption. Um, And very quickly, it was like, boom, boom, boom. All these things were happening in the sense that we're faithfully um, serving and loving our our, our church in, there in Houston. We're uh, moving into adoption of a child that the process was super quick. And then um, actually met some people on an airplane uh, the year prior, and they reached out to us and asked us if we would had ever considered doing something called church planting. Um, big work, not big words, but... Um, words for starting a Christian church from scratch, from the ground Mm -hmm. up. Um, So kind of like a a business, you know, an entrepreneurship. And so in this process of like adopting and looking into this child, getting accepted for this child as his parents, um, we're also being contacted about moving across the United States and doing something that we've never done before. We've, we love the Lord. We want to obey him. We want to be with where he is and you know, it sounds like an exciting thing to my husband (laughs) and it sounded like an absolutely terrifying, like, Lord, don't make me do this. Um, I want to say no to you. And I did say no to God many times, um, about the church planting world because I knew nothing about it. Um, and it was a scary world if you don't know anything about it because it's just like church planting. Okay, so I just make a church, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not God, I can't just go, (laughs) Jesus, I love you, but I don't know how to do this. uh, This other part, but it was more so of like I was becoming a mom and I was becoming a mom to, um, a child that I had never met before that Mm -hmm. I did not, uh, I did not carry. 
So I didn't have the nine months to prepare. And not only that, he was already almost two years old. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, I was excited about how God was leading us in adoption, but I was so overwhelmed with that aspect of my life. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we're being obedient, but now you're calling your God, you're like asking us to do something again, um, something else that sounds great, but it's also terrifying. In that process, my faith grew like crazy because I told God, no, I told Larry, I will not move to New York. I need to figure out how to be a mom. I need to stay where my family is, you know, like first grandkid on both sides of the family. I need my support. I need, I need to be in Texas. Um, and just about the time that God really started softening my heart and like, I will take care of you. I will move you wherever I want to move you. And I just need you to trust me. Just about the time I started like even thinking about that, um, I found out that I was two months pregnant. Um, And that was, give you a timeline, that was April when our adopted son moved in with us and Mm -hmm. I got pregnant that month. Wow. Um, And so as you can imagine, I was really a hardcore no then at that Mm -hmm. point. And my anxiety, my, uh, my fear, I was not eating well. I was not sleeping well. I obviously Mm -hmm. was not, um, using any birth control (laughs) because I was forgetting all the things and, um, and I did wind up pregnant and, you know, obviously now I can look back and say, I have my, my second son whose um, name is Noah. God truly grew my faith in such a deep way in those six months, because from the time we got Micah, I wound up pregnant. The Lord softened my heart about moving to New York. And in November, we legally adopted Micah and got on an airplane and moved to New York to start church planting the same like, day. Like literally the same day. I don't think people understand like you signed yeah. papers and then went to the airport. Yes. Yeah. When you guys told us that story for the first time, I was just like, yeah, they're cra- like I actually think they're crazy. Yeah, crazy. I don't know if this yeah. is God or crazy, but, but obviously the, it's God. The, Lindsay would never have been able to do that on her own. So no. I, I don't ever want that part of my my story to sound like I'm I'm trying to boast or toot my own horn here or whatever. But like it was it was an adventure, and yes, it was, um, you know, exciting. But yeah. I was legit terrified, and yeah. I for a, for several months could not even speak about it. Um, and yeah. the Lord really was gracious to me because I, I just told him, you have to move in my heart. Like, this is such a big, I, I haven't even gotten to use my teaching degree. Now I'm a new mom. Now mm-hmm. you want me to move across the States, um, doing something that I'm clueless about. Larry didn't even have a job. Like if right. you don't have a church, you don't have a job. Yeah. So we had no money, no, no job, no apartment, mm-hmm. um, the people that we were moving with actually found our apartment for us. And the first time I saw it was when we got off the airplane. So it was, it was crazy, but it was, it has kind of set the groundwork for the, the relationship with the Lord that I have now in the sense that it was a, the first really big testing as a young adult, as a wife. Mm -hmm. Um, and then now, you know, now at that moment as a new mother for the, for the trajectory of, are you going to trust me with all of the details of your life, your marriage, your finances, your children who are gifts, but now you're afraid to lose them. You know, like you want to hold on to them tightly and you don't want anything to be scary. Um, So long, very long story short, uh, not too short, but um, that is how we wound up in New York City. Um, We live in Queens in the neighborhood of Woodside, Astoria. And we have been here, we're going on our 12th year. Um, and we have become adults here. Like I was 22 years old. Larry was 24. Um, we've, we've grown up together prior and then now we've grown up and become adults here, become parents here. So this is really home. Um, everybody's back in Texas and we miss them a lot. That's how we went from being Texans to New Yorkers. And, um, we are still, uh, building churches from the ground up. Um, I love that. Yeah. So I love watching you guys out there in New York, just do your thing. That's amazing. But it's also such a testament of like, when you're saying like, Lindsay couldn't do that. And like, cause I know a lot of people be like, wow, good job, Lindsay and Larry. And like, obviously that's how I was. And like, I, I still am like, wow. I, I just look at you guys and, um, just all you've done in your 12 years there. And I'm just like, you guys are amazing. But it's also such a testament of like 
a lot of people are like, oh, God won't give you anything you can't handle. Like, nah, he's going to give us things we can't handle. I mean, <laughs> and, we have, will, and we have to rely on and him. You have yeah. to rely on him because he's going to carry you through that. And I think that's just such a beautiful testament of like how he does give us things that we're like, mm, we can't do this on our own. But with, you know, with his strength, we can. Um, Most definitely. So kind of going back to the whole like uprooting your lives from Texas to New York. How did you know? I mean, obviously you met the McGee's on the plane mm-hmm. and that was obvious, pretty obvious, like, Hey, you want to come church plant with us? Um, but how did you know? Like, how did you, that's just not something you can just be like, okay, yeah, let's move from Texas to New York and yeah. plant a church. Like, how did you know that you were supposed to do that? how did you know that that was the right decision for you guys? Yeah. Um, well, let me clarify one thing. The McGee's mm-hmm. were not just complete strangers that we, I forgot to mention this. We had met right. them a year, the year prior right. and we had uh, built a, a friendship with them and they um, were already serving and living in the state of New York. Um, right. And so we had built a relationship with them where we had taken our youth group up to their mm-hmm. church and done a sports camp and continue that friendship um, and just felt like we had known them for forever. We, yeah. we really just uh, clicked in our friendship and in our belief system. And, um, but knowing that that was really what the Lord wanted to do, I think the Lord, uh, made it clear to us from the beginning that we're to go until he says, stop. And we loved what we did. We, we loved what we were doing. We loved the people that we were ministering to, um, the youth and the children and the parents in Houston, Um, but we, we just desired to, to follow the Lord wherever he was asking us to go. Um, and so holding our lives with open hands, I guess, is, you know, a way to describe it of like, you've obviously orchestrated this, us meeting these people on this airplane and struck up this friendship. We visited them on our vacation and, um, you've continued to open doors for this relationship to grow, for our faith to grow, um, you've provided this child, like remembering God's faithfulness. And Mm -hmm. whenever he provides an opportunity, sometimes there's not really like a, you know, this way or this way. It's just trusting that, you know, Mm -hmm. when you go, the Lord is going to sustain you. So we really Mm -hmm. didn't know when we said yes to moving to New York, that we would be here 12 years later. I think it was, we'll be faithful to what God wants us to do right now. Mm -hmm. And if that's for a year or five years or six years, now it's 12 years, you know, mm-hmm. so be it. Yeah. The Lord is still faithful. Um, he has continued to, as we have been here longer and it does get harder. Yeah. Uh, year five was a really hard year because mm-hmm. it felt like we were recommitting to what God was calling us to do. Yeah. Um, we chose to buy a, a home here in mm-hmm. New York. And that to me was like, Oh, like, I'm, I'm recommitting mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm willing to put, spend money and mm-hmm. like say, no, I'm staying here. Yeah. And it really has been because we live day to day. God, mm-hmm. do you, you know, where are we right now? Are we in your will? Do we have a piece about being here? Is there fruit from our labor? Is there, are you continuing to be faithful and provide, um, you know, are we needed back in Texas? Because right. we're not naive to the fact that, you know, our our parents could fall ill or mm-hmm. and there's a need for us to move back or whatever. But at this point, God has continued to to remind us, no, you're right where you need to be. Yeah. And I don't know how long that'll be. So it was it was a mixture of what is God opening for us? Are we willing to just say yes and trust him? And then him keeping us here has just simply been look at his faithfulness, look at how he's mm-hmm. provided, um, look at the fruit, look at how the church is growing. Um, you know, we're not the end all be all by any mm-hmm. means, but, yeah. um, yeah. So he, he's definitely moving. He's definitely moving in our hearts and, uh, keeping us here. <laughs> yeah. For I love that. Foreseeable future. So obviously, like you said earlier, you and Larry were pretty much children when you, when you moved to New York, <laughs> when like, we got married. obviously you were very young when you moved from mm-hmm. Texas to New York. You've talked about, obviously you've grown up basically in New York. How do you think like as an individual and as a family and in my notes, I said 10 years, has it been 12 years? Really? Yeah. That's wild. We moved here in November of 11. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I That's know. Wild. Tell me about it. <laughs> Time flies. 
<laughs> I mean, not that I even knew you guys until yeah. what, 15? But how have you grown as kind of an individual, you personally, and then as a family in the past 12 years of living in New York? Because obviously your kids don't know anything different, but yeah, I'm sure you and Larry had to very wildly adjust what parenting probably would have looked like for you in Texas versus what it did look like for you in New York. Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, as our family grew, um, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, we moved with one and a half children right. and then very quickly we had three under four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think the, the beginning of my growing up here was really learning how to be a mother alone yeah. because I didn't have the support system that I expected to have in the yeah. sense that I, my, my expectation of motherhood as a teenager or a young adult or a young bride was that I would be with my family mm-hmm. and I would learn how to be a mom with people that I knew around me. And then suddenly I'm in a place where I don't know anybody except yeah. for Carrie, the wife that we, or the friend that we moved here with. And so kind of juggling expectation of what I thought my life was going to look like. And then now here's the reality. Right. In a new place, you've got two children. You don't know anybody. You're not just living life as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You're living life intentionally as a missionary who has uprooted your life. God right. has uprooted your life and placed you in a place that's very vastly different than what mm-hmm. you're used to. We were given really great wisdom. Larry and I were talking yeah. about this the other day. We don't really remember who told us, but about like really digging our roots deep here when we got to New York. And that meant just time together and exploring the city, making life here. I think that because we did that, it gave me a chance to just uh, settle in. He and I, our relationship, because we'd known each other for so long already, Um, we learned how to rely on each other in a different way. Again, going back to the fact because we did not have that, that community around us. Um, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of missionaries, um, you know, obviously we're not international, a lot of missionaries, they have to learn how to, it either makes or breaks you, you know, you either grow in your marriage and get stronger and your faith gets stronger and relying on the Lord, or it doesn't. And you... You, you don't make it. Mm. But I will say something that was very important to us was no matter what happened with the church plant, mm-hmm. the church being started connection, um, whether it closed its doors in a year, in five years, we were not failures. So a big part of our growing was learning that our obedience to God in moving here, our obedience to God in raising children faithfully wherever we are, our obedience to have those conversations with people that we're interacting with, not just settling for like, oh, how are you? How's your day? Whatever. Okay. But actually praying for them, asking the Holy Spirit to give you conversations that lead to the things of God. It's a different mindset. And so a lot of growth was trusting the Lord to sustain me, Mm -hmm. but also trusting the Lord to, to push me. Because I was not living like I had lived in Texas. I was living with a different, intentional, I'm here to share the gospel, to build relationships and friendships. Mm -hmm. And then no matter how they treat me or how they respond to what I'm talking about, I still choose to love them. And I still choose to be a friend to them. That was something that I had never really thought about or or Mm -hmm. learned or pondered. Well, because here in the Midwest, it's just, and I was telling someone this the other day. I can't remember who I was telling, maybe a coworker. Wait, are you but Midwest? Are you saying Midwest? I say Midwest. Okay. Oklahoma is not the South. Texas <laughs> I was, can be I, the South. Larry's like, duh. No, I would have said it was the South. So that's no, we, I don't, I, I, I get in this argument so many, so often, especially like at OBU and a lot of people did come from like Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia. Like I'm like, y'all are the South. I, I'll still say y'all, but mm-hmm. that's the extent, like that's the extent. we're not the South. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but sorry, sorry I didn't he, interrupt you. Yeah. no, I love that. That's hilarious. Um, but like here in the Midwest, I feel like, or it really anywhere in like the middle United States compared to the coast, it's very like slow going, you know, you, you go on walk throughout your neighborhood and you just see people waving on your portion. Honestly, I did still notice that in New York because especially in the summer when I was there, like 
I yeah. still wave people out on the porch. But when I first got there, it was funny looking back, you know, just naive little me walking down the streets of New York, you know, <laughs> people are rushing to work, rushing to get things. I was like, hi, yeah. hi, hi, just smiling and waving. And they're just like, what, who are you? Why, why are you waving? Why are you smiling? And it's just like, it's such a different culture than like here, like in Texas and yeah. these states here in the middle of the United States is very like, hi, like, how are you doing? And that is a good, that is a regular conversation. Whereas in where people are just like always rushing, rushing, rushing to get the next thing, which is just a, it's just a cultural difference. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like you have to be intentionally, you have to be like committal to that person, to that relationship. And that's one of the things I loved about interning and getting to experience that um, in New York was something that you guys like really hammered into my brain was people over projects. And I do, I love that saying, I do still try to live that out today because it's like projects aren't eternity driven. I mean, they can be eternity driven, but it's like our projects, the building of Connection Church, the building of Queens Church, those buildings will not be in heaven, but we do hope that those people will be there. And so it's ultimately, you know, people yeah. Well, hopefully. And, we- and you know, at that point in my life, first 10 years of being a stay-at-home mom here in New York, you know, my I was at the playground all the time. So mm-hmm. my relationships were trying to be, you know, remember that my my first ministry is to those those babies, right? Mm-hmm. To those kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um to my husband, supporting him and what he's doing and and challenging him and pushing him and yeah. um but also, you know, the the playground was such a great place for me to slow down, be with my kiddos. Yeah. And we were there all the time. So, but something that was really, you know, stuck out to us a good amount of time after we we were living here was, okay, are, but are we here to make, to, to convert people or are we here to love people and show them Jesus, no matter how different they are? Right. Because, because New York is such a, a vastly different spiritual place. It's very mm-hmm. spiritual. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mosques and there's a lot of Catholic churches. There's, a, you know, mm-hmm. but so people are not, um, they're not necessarily angry toward Christians. No. So whenever I would be intentional to share mm-hmm. um, and kind of get over that fear, then I was met with a lot of kindness, but my heart, I had to learn quickly was, was like, okay, am I, am I sharing my faith because I want them, I just want to save them or am I sharing my faith because that's what God has called me to do. And then no matter how they treat me, am I still going to love them? Um, or do I just want them to come to my church? Do I just want exactly. them to fill a seat? And, um, so that was, you know, that was a good, a good growth point for me as well. Mm-hmm. in my intentionality with people just as a as a believer, not as a pastor's wife, not as a church planter, but, um, just being intentional with people and, um, not to get them into a, the building, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, uh, six years in, we were sent out to plant a second church, mm-hmm. um, just within our neighborhood. And that was always the hope, um, mm-hmm. was to plant another church. And because there's so many people here, and so, um, in growing with that, that was also another kind of another recommitment to the city of like, here we go again, right? <laughs> you know, a right. second church, a yeah. second, a second thing. Um, but it's been great. So Queens church, um, was, was born out of where we were already living and serving mm-hmm. where our kids were going to school yeah. where we walked to the grocery store and walked to the hair salon and yeah. serving, um, serving people right where we are. That's yeah. awesome. All right. So obviously we've talked about the church planning aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, what I also really would love to talk about is how you honestly function as a family of six <laughs> in a New York style. And you guys call it a house. I know it's a house. I always want to call them apartments because to me it's like yeah. no one has a house in New York. They're all just <laughs> apartments and bigger apartments. Yeah. And so like how how is that growth played into your business obviously like you know we're talking about being intentional with relationships with people um yeah but how i view is like you are intentionally helping people with their homes with their businesses you know however they choose to use your your business um simple space not only to just like help them as you know people just to stay sane and because i i know you know as a mom it's like 
my house has never been grosser, honestly, and more disorganized. And sometimes I'm just like, I have to take a day and just clean it or I might absolutely go insane. Because it's just like you can't function or at least I can't function in, you know, a disorganized space. It makes you a better person mentally sometimes if you just have a nice organized space. And like, you know, I've I've used your business twice because that is not my forte. That's not my like organizing interior design, stuff like that is not my forte. You've come from being a very young mom moving from Texas, establishing your life in New York. How has that played into the development and like the the birth really of simple space? Because yeah. can you like go on the record and tell us how how many square feet do you guys live in? Now, ooh, now, listen, we're we're living large. You guys are bougie now. You guys are bougie now. <laughs> uh, year twelve, we we currently live in about twelve hundred and fifty square. Feet. But I will say, you know, we it, it took us a long time to get here. But right, um, right. when we when we moved here, and if whoever's listening to this, whether in your you're in New York or you're in the Midwest mm-hmm. um, or the South, apparently Larry's the South. Texas is not even the South, so whatever. I don't even know. But, um, you know, again, when you, when you are uprooted from what you're used to and what you grew up with, um, which is Texas sized amount of space, right. whether you're rich or poor, um, whether you live in the city or the country, there is just more, there's just more space. <laughs> and so to be taken from that to New York city, um, where our first apartment was a two bedroom, um, 650 square feet. And I was thrilled. I was excited because it was just a really great adventure. But as our family grew, as more physical human bodies were added to the space, it became very clear that this is a different, I'm going to have to do something very differently. Um, and so I just naturally as a young mom, um, tried to help our family thrive, help our family do what was what, what was best for us. Um, and so I, you know, my house was a, a wreck all the time. Of course, you've got three young toddlers running around, um, or at the time too. And, um, within that first four years of living in New York city for different reasons, we had to move to three different apartments. Um, and let me tell you, moving is hard enough. And right. whether you, move one street over, which is exactly what we were doing. We moved from 49th to 50th to back to 49th to over to 51st. Like mm-hmm. it still requires you to pack up <laughs> and it still requires you to reveal to yourself just how much stuff you have. Mm-hmm. So every time we moved, when, when it was time for the fourth move in four years, I just told God, I don't know how much longer I can live like this because mm-hmm. we didn't have a car. We didn't have a washing machine. We didn't have a park. You know, even if we had had a car, we didn't have a parking spot. So right. if you know anything about parking in New York, I won't go into that. But um, the car that we it's did a nightmare. have in a short time, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally died on the side of the road with mm-hmm. children in the backseat. I mean, it was just crazy. So the fourth move, I told Larry and I told God, I don't know how much longer I can do what God is calling me to do. And that is to stay here, be faithful to New Yorkers, be intentional with my life. When, when everything is just an, is so much harder, everything is so much harder. I'm trying to wash everybody's clothes and I got to go to the laundromat, which many, many people, thousands and thousands of people do that. And I'm not trying to, you know, say pity me. I've got to go to the laundromat, but when you're but not so using, different than what you're, what, you know, yeah, and it's a completely, it's just one small thing, but every other thing in every other area mm-hmm. in life is a little bit harder. So yeah. all those little bits add up. Yeah. And so, um, year four, we just beg God, like, show us what we're supposed to do through a miracle. Um, really, truly a miracle. We were able to find a house that was off the beaten path. That was like really, um, not, (laughs) not purchasable really by anyone that, except for people who had like a vision for, for potential. Um, but we found it, we were able to make the down payment and we were able to purchase. And so, 
um, when we finally felt like we're about to be settled here for real, legit, we're moving, mm-hmm. we're moving in, we're buying a house. Um, I just wanted to get rid of stuff. I, I felt like a lot of the chaos um, that I felt in my own heart was really just because simply I had too many belongings. I had too many materials that were distracting me from being with my children that were causing unnecessary stress. So I was intentional when we moved into the to the home that we purchased to just go on a major downsizing of our belongings, not to be a minimalist, but just simply for less so that my mind and my heart could be a little bit more clear and I could pay attention to my children better and to the people in my life. Through doing that, I started having conversations with friends, women in the church that I um, was having over. Um, A couple of them, I had one friend um, who just sobbed on me and she was like, I don't understand how you can have three children, have a home that's remotely clean. And, you know, it's beautiful. She was saying this to me and, you know, I wasn't doing anything but having fun, just making my home the way I wanted it to be. Right. And, um, she was like, I just don't understand when I go to my house, I have pure anxiety mm-hmm. and angst yeah. because when I step into my home, the walls feel like they're caving in on me. So I told her, I said, I can help you. I don't, I'm, at this point I knew nothing. I wasn't doing anything. I was just staying, well, I was doing a lot. I was not working and doing this. I was staying home full time. And I said, yeah, let me, let me come over. So we worked on her bedroom and purged like crazy, got rid of a ton of stuff. My heart was just so stirred by the turmoil that she experiences when she goes into her home, which is supposed to be a place of safety and security. The Lord just, I mean, it was, it was the only time in my life where I could not sleep that night because my brain was just whirling. I was putting notes in my phone. I was thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, I could help people. I don't have it all together, but I'm a mom. I live in New York city. A lot of people here have come from other places. Like I could do this. I could start small with my Instagram. I could share what I, you know, things that I do around the house. So I started doing that and or building that I launched on Instagram and I just tested it out by like putting pictures up of things around Mm -hmm. my house, just corners, decor that I had or organizational systems that worked for me and my kids. I remember it was November of 2019 Mm -hmm. and I got my first inquiry from a client, from a lady asking me to help her organize her home office. And um, she reached out to me on Instagram. And from that point on, even through COVID, because mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID has started the next year yeah. and um, nobody, of course, wanted me in their home. Obviously COVID was terrible, but the mm-hmm. Lord used the pandemic yeah. to bring people back into their home mm-hmm. and to remind them of the necessity of their home being a place of peace. And so out of the pandemic, I was faced with this growing business where people wanted to hire me to help them organize, to, to purge, to create home offices because everybody was working from home. And so Simple Space Designs was launched and I have absolutely loved ministering to people because it truly mm-hmm. is a ministry in the sort that I, in the, in the sense that I am getting to be with people in their grunge and I'm getting to hear the stories that come from, why am I holding on to these belongings? Do I have a problem with materialism? Is my self-esteem low and so I'm going and buying clothes and I'm, le- I'm leaving the tags on them and maybe they don't even fit, but mm-hmm. I'm filling a void by going and shopping. These conversations that come out just by simply being there with them and holding each item like Marie Kondo and saying, do I need this? What is the story behind this item? I'll give you an example. Um, a lady I worked with last year, I've worked with multiple times and we actually organized her Christmas decorations. It was just something that she felt like she couldn't do herself. She was a little embarrassed to have me back just to organize Christmas decorations. But in the middle of it, she's like very, very intentional about her ornaments. And she comes across one 
and it's a, I want to say it's like a church or a cross or something. And she, she rolls her eyes and she's like, I don't even know why I still have that. I'm not even a, a Christian. But my dad, it was, it was important to my dad. And so I bought this ornament in honor of my dad when he passed, yeah. but I don't even yeah. like my dad. My dad was mean, you know? And so she starts talking about her father and this, this weight that she's literally holding onto these ornaments mm -hmm. out of shame and guilt, because mm -hmm. if she gets rid of them, she's somehow disrespecting her father who she yeah. didn't even really like. By the end of that, I'm just listening. Hey. I've already shared my faith with her hey. at one point. She was able to say goodbye to those ornaments. And I'm praying that it brought healing to her. Yeah. To be able yeah. to talk to somebody who's not family, who doesn't care one way or the other necessarily if you get rid of it or not. But, you know, I was able to just say, like, I hope that I hope that is healing for you to say right. goodbye to something that holds such weight in your heart, yeah. like a Christmas ornament. I mean, oh, no, but it's so true you know? because there's so many things that I think we hold on to just out of, I mean, for me, like, I obviously can't fit into the same pants I could. How old's Arthur? Almost seven months ago. Yeah. Well, I wasn't fitting into pants when I was nine months pregnant. <laughs> but before I was pregnant with Arthur. And I'm still holding on to those out of hope. And I was just telling Ian this the other day. I was like, I just need to throw those out. I'm never going to be yeah. able. I just need to accept the fact I'm never. And that's not like, oh, I'm just going to be this fat old elephant forever. Because I'm, I'm not. But like my body is physically different. And that's okay. And like for some people, like your life is different than what it was you know when you got this item or this object or whatever you're holding on to yeah. and it can be so healing to just throw out the jeans that you know donate the jeans that don't fit anymore throw out the ornaments that don't bring you peace and like for me even when um during Arthur and I's like not really breastfeeding journey because he's never breastfed but I finally just got rid of my electric pump and yeah. switched over to $30 manual pump because I was and when Ian saw me doing it he's like what are you doing like that was like insurance paid for that. like that's an expensive pump I was like I'm throwing out four months worth of trauma right now yeah and and it's so real and like I don't think people really think about the fact that like getting rid of things can be healing and bring peace and sanity back to your life because yeah. so often we just like hang on to those material things in hopes that like our life might look different or you know go back to the same as what it was or, you know just yeah this unrealistic view of what this object might bring us I will say that through this career of helping mm -hmm. people organize helping people purge it it has slowly grown into more design um mm -hmm. which I'm doing now design um and decor and mm -hmm. that I'm I love that and I'm thrilled by that but I will say it's very interesting to me how God uses our weaknesses sometimes to um, to drive us forward. Because mm -hmm. I, for a very for a couple of years, when I was staying home with the kids, a lot of times I didn't have anything to do but go and shop. Right. And I spent a lot of money at Target, and I, mm -hmm. and I know we can joke about that, but like, well, no, like that's real. There, there. Yeah. It became a problem. I don't know if anybody else knew, but I knew yeah. my relationship yeah. with the Lord knew that yeah. when I was bored, when I was lonely, when I was stressed, I would go shop and I would and buy it's just it. a few dollars here and a few. I mean, the dollar section gets me every time. Yeah. But over years or months yeah. even, it adds up because like Ian and I are like kind of re reworking our budget right now just, you know, so we can make more room for, you know, tithing and diapers yeah. and, you know, all the things that we need yeah. to do. Um, then he's looking, he's like, we need to eat out less and go to target less. I was like, okay, I can do one of those. Choose which one <laughs> I cannot do both. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, those little things add up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just, I realized that my, an area of weakness in my, my dependence and my like fulfilling my heart with material item, how God is using that. Cause I still struggle with that how right. God is now putting me in a place of, I literally go and spend money for other people right. to buy more things. But at the mm -hmm. same time, God is working and molding me and I'm learning more about not just, not just minimalism. I'm talking about like a spiritual surrender to 
why do I desire more when I already have everything I need? Mm -hmm. There's obviously nothing wrong with wanting something, but if I am feeling shame and guilt and I'm spending money and I'm hiding or I'm hiding things, which Mm -hmm. I will confess, I have done that in my Mm -hmm. marriage. I'll buy things and hide them so that Larry doesn't see, you know, it's a heart issue. It's a sin issue for me. And so now to see God use that for something that's good uh, and kind of redeem that struggle a little Mm -hmm. bit. And now I can, I can be honest with people that I'm working with and say, listen, I've been there. I've struggled with, with filling my heart by Mm -hmm. going and spending money or shopping online or whatever. And, you know, I, I am very, very intrigued by what the Bible has to say about materialism and living off what we need and not necessarily what we want. And I, I find it ironic that I'm in one hand designing spaces. And at the same time, that's all I want to learn about is how Mm -hmm. to live more simply because I want to help my clients also in the process of changing and making a space beautiful. Now, how do we learn how to be content with what we have? How do we not try to go seek for more? The growth of storage units in New York City, you cannot even fathom how many full-on gigantic storage unit buildings have been purchased because we are such a material Mm -hmm. culture. And Mm -hmm. I just want to learn and grow more and more about that so that I can help my clients live more simply. Um, And that was really the heart at the beginning, uh, simple, simplifying your spaces and just living with beautiful things but also living with what you need with a heart of contentment right. um, is really, is really truly my desire. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. And well, you can you are- really only be content with Jesus side note, but yes, yes. Even I, ha- I have Jesus and I still struggle with. Right. With so, right. It's- well, and that's something that Ian and I have talked about, like, obviously, you know, with Arthur, we do have a lot of stuff and that's something that I did tell like friends and family from the very beginning, like, here's our registry, but this is the extent. Like once he gets bigger, like, you know, once we have birthdays and Christmases, like, I don't want you guys to just get him junk, like get him a zoo pass, take him to the movies, you know, take him to the aquarium, you know, get him like actual meaningful experiences instead of just another overstimulating light up toy. Yeah. Because (laughs) and a lot of people are like, a lot of people judge me. They think it's like an aesthetic thing. I couldn't care less about aesthetics when it comes to his toys because we have very colorful, like, you know, those crinkly books that make the the noise and stuff like that. But I'm just like, the light up toys overstimulate me. I can't do another light up toy. But one good thing about moving to New York is those first three apartments that I mentioned, that those apartments were 650 square feet. Seven, this house, when we purchased it, we, we have only lived on both floors in 1,200 square feet for, uh, gosh, how, how long? Just for a few years. Right. We lived the right. first six years just upstairs, 650 square feet with right. six of us because we yeah. had a fourth kid also, yeah. side note, and yeah. um, a little girl. And yeah. so, you know, it, when, you, when you live in New York, you have like, well, sorry, I'm all out of space. You can't buy those overstimulating toys, you know? Yeah. And I will say it is, we have, we are, I'm so thankful that we have family who understand because yes. I know a lot of the clients I work with, it's because people give them things, people mm-hmm. get them and then they yes. feel guilt and shame for trying to get rid of those things. And so, because they may hurt aunt Susie's feelings. Cause right. they don't have that, but yeah. you know, living here, it's like, Oh, sorry. So this year, my in-laws, for example, they gave us a, um, this is the third year they've given us a membership to six flags. Oh, and as it's get older season passes all around right. for us right. to take six flags, which is, which is great. That's awesome. Takes up zero space. <laughs> now, you know, you do have to go to New Jersey to go to Six Flags. We do. Yeah, you guys. We do. I remember that was our intern trip. Yeah. Uh, At the year we moved to this house? Yes, <gasps> because um, the day I left, John Wojo drove me in your van chock full of yeah. all your stuff. And it sat and there like, for was, like three weeks, four yes, weeks. And I had all my bags and like all of my bags, which you needed to simple space me before I left because I left with more bags than I came with. It was well, so bad. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> back then I was like, oh, I got to buy souvenirs for everyone. And now that, you know, we go, or at least before Arthur, like we would go everywhere. I'm like, yeah. y'all have souvenirs from everywhere you've been. <laughs> but it's just like, I came home with so much junk. Yeah. And because I was like, oh, I'll never come back to New York again. 
one of the clients that I worked with, um, she had just lost her husband was wow. in her forties and, um, he had had a heart attack and died mm-hmm. in their bathroom in their apartment. Oh, and she has a young daughter. Yeah. He had gone through a year and a half of the pandemic cause he died right before the pandemic. And then she was stuck inside for a year and a half. She finally reached out, um, and said, you know, I just, I just need help. Like I, mm-hmm. I I'm finally to a place where I have, I've just been numb for a year and a half and now I need to go through some of his things and just, right. you know, got boxes stacked in the dining room. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do with it. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I just think that it, it gives me an opportunity to, to really just hold people's hand because they're yeah. not really doing something that's impossible for someone to do, but it's impossible for them in the moment right? because of the grief or the loss or the, mm-hmm. just, you just get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, even I will look at like my closet right now, it's a disaster. And I'm like, I look mm-hmm. at it and I feel overwhelmed by it and yeah. just put it off for another day. And so I'm just, I'm just grateful that I, I the Lord has allowed me to take um, a heart for him, a heart for, for loving people right where they are. Mm-hmm. And it's put me um, in a place where I can serve my family well, um, you know, I'm able to provide for our family financially, which is a really mm-hmm. big blessing. I'm able to help with, you know, this home that costs more than it ever should have. But, and then I'm able mm-hmm. to share like, well, why do I have hope even in the midst of hard things? Sometimes, you know, that conversation will come out and I'll just get to sh- be honest. And mm-hmm. it, it, I have been afraid and then there have been times where I have just felt the Holy Spirit's boldness and I've, mm-hmm. I've been able to share openly um, with clients. You know, you've got me in your home. I'm a complete mm-hmm. stranger. Thank you for yeah. trusting me. Mm-hmm. Can I share something with you yeah. as their, you know, as their emotional or whatever. And so I'm just, I'm just thankful for the, how God has weaved um, what I've learned and what I've struggled with personally right. to, use, to use it for good. Right. So That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a... Um... An all-time favorite simple spacing project. Ooh, my my all-time would have to be actually what I'm doing right now. I was hired last summer to design a, a new coffee shop, and it is by far the biggest thing I've ever done. By far, my the biggest design um, aspect of of what I've done. But I will say it has. I was absolutely terrified. I know I've used that word quite a bit. Apparently the Lord likes to do, (laughs) ask me to do terrifying things, but I just felt so inadequate. You know, I didn't go to school for this. Mm -hmm. I'm used to just organizing and working with people. Um, and now God, you, you know, you've opened this opportunity up for me to be the lead designer with a contractor and his team. And basically from the ground up, tell them everything to do. And I was just scared to fail. I was scared to look not good enough, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to not know what I'm doing, but that has by far been my favorite. And I think it's because I was so scared and now I am toward the end of it. Um, literally these next two weeks I'll be going in, um, and they'll be finishing up all construction and May 1st, I get to Joanna gains it and get in there with all my decor and, and like have it to myself yeah. and put all the plants up and all the chairs and tables. Wow. And so I'm, I'm just thrilled about how that has led into some design there. So, or a lot of design, um, yeah. probably one of my favorite, um, organization jobs was, um, was probably the lady that I already shared with you in the sense that she's the first person that I've ever worked with that was so emotional Mm -hmm. and, um, she was just going through something really hard and I was able to be Jesus to her in that moment, uh, through the loss of her, her husband and the grief of his belongings, the grief of bills that she had put off. Mm -hmm. We went through paperwork, you know, it, it, it's moments like that, that I'm I'm like, okay, this is why I started. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us today and letting Arthur be a special guest as well. Yes. I love that he's made his cameo today. Uh-huh. Um, before I let you go, um, where can we find you and your simple spacing work on social media? Where can we keep up with you and connect with you um, and just kind of follow your life around New York? Yeah. So um, 
I am on Instagram and Facebook and I'm going to look at it because I seem to always forget, but you can find me simple space NYC Perfect. is my Instagram name. And, um, and then also I have my personal, but my Instagram for simple space NYC definitely has a lot of the projects that I've mm-hmm. done and clients that I've worked with. Um, and then I try to, you know, give like tips and tricks and things to help other people out. Um, I do virtual organizing. So I have done a lot of that with clients across the United States that mm-hmm. I obviously can't work with in person, but yeah. we'll just do like an hour where they show me a space. That's what I do with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just give you all my ideas for, mm-hmm. for that person to implement. So, um, but it's so exciting. Simple space NYC. I also have a website, simplespace.nyc, um, where you can check out some full portfolios and, um, and stay tuned for Elm Roastery coffee yes. shop that is coming soon, hopefully May, 2023. Well, last thing I always like to ask my guests, what is one little piece of your heart that you hope that listeners take away from this episode today? Mm. Always, always remember God's faithfulness when you're doubting or afraid. Look back, look back at how, if you're a follower of Jesus, how you have continue to be provided for, you know, it's kind of like in the Bible where Joshua tells them to go grab stones and build an altar. And they, that altar is those stones are like ways to remember, look what God did. Look how he brought us through Egypt. Look how he provided, look how he fed us. I am constantly rethinking about that because of all the struggle that we've had of how hard church planting has been financially, just trying to make it here. Um, mm-hmm. growing a family, even whenever I was, I didn't want to, you know, cause mm-hmm. unexpected pregnancies or whatever, like continue to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. And that is what will create joy. And that will spur obedience because you just want to be where he is. And, and that's my deepest desire. True joy does not come from having a, uh, an Instagrammable home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from purging. Because that will fade and you'll just buy more stuff and need to purge Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes from seeing God be faithful to you and choosing joy from him and not your stuff. Wow. That's so good. That's such a good word, Lindsay. Well, I appreciate you so much for hanging out with us today, just giving us a little piece of your heart and just sharing about your journey from Texas to New York to Simple Space and all the things in between. (laughs) Yes. And beyond. Stay tuned, everyone. So, well, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, friends, for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you you take away some joy from this episode and we'll see you next week on Wholeheartedly Her. Bye, friends.